When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we can now refer to this as a series-clinching post-game edition of Spits and Suds. Hello, everybody. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by EP Ringside, Chap Shots, D Magazine, famous author, our friend, (laughs) NHL guru. I'm just in a good mood. Sean, as I was entering the building tonight, I'm feeling good. The stars are up. And there's a cricket on the first floor. And I'm like, I started to go in the elevator. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see if that cricket's still alive. And, you know, gave him a little nudge and he hopped. And I said, you know what? I'm going to grab that cricket. And I opened the door and I let him out. And so I was feeling good. That's how good I was feeling. I was yeah. like, Mr. Cricket, live another day. I mean, granted, it's <laughs> raining out and you'll probably drown, but that's okay. <laughs> so I, you know, just a random thought. I mean, I was just, I was just, I felt that way all night. Like watching this game, I was like, I was like, boy, this team really does have a quiet confidence about themselves. Where, I mean, granted, the last seven minutes you were kind of hanging on, but I mean, that's such a desperate team in the Minnesota Wild. But it's just like the whole night, I was just, just the composure never left this team. Yeah, I mean. This series to me, it was. Uh, I, I used the the line in some quick game observations post of. I I used the line. Uh, this this game just felt like a prelude to handshakes for me, right? Like this was a game where you go back. The series was. This series started with such a roar, right? Like it was yeah. so like like back go back to game one, double overtime game, absolutely tremendous. Dallas swings big in game two, Minnesota, Minnesota sets really controls everything in game three, Dallas kind of game four, they're coming back because of Jake Ottinger. And then after from game, the last six periods of this series, Dallas just dominated. Like, I mean, the, the Frederick Goudreau goal with, uh, with about seven minutes left or eight or whatever it was, um, in the third period may have put a little bit of life into the building, but other than just kind of the natural playoff nerves of, of natural playoff nerves, like it's this game never felt like it was in question. I mean, since from the start of game five on Dallas basically put a stamp that they were going to close out this series. And you look at the ways they did it, you look at the areas that they they capitalized on, and even on, even though obviously he was he was good tonight, he made he he had he made a couple of big saves late, but like the last two games, as good as Jake Ottinger had to be the first four games, Jake Ottinger only had to be human the last two games because mm-hmm. the Stars as a team closed this out the way they did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The shutout streak unfortunately ends for Jake Ottinger, but wow. I mean, that's uh that's quite impressive the shutout streak he was having. But you're right, he wasn't he wasn't overly tested, made the big saves when he needed to. Um game certainly could have changed if Ryan Hartman's scores early in that game would have given Minnesota uh a lot of momentum. Um 
boy, I watched that replay several times. It's kind of like the second period with Marchment. How did that goal not go in? You know, and that's and that's playoff hockey. Sometimes it's just you know the right bounce at the right time, and uh, the Stars certainly got lucky on that one. It was almost kind of it was the the space was almost exactly the same too. Yeah. I think it was the exact same post, right? It yeah. was the exact same post where Hartman missed. It was the exact same post that uh uh Marchman missed later in the game. So you talk about you talk about a little bit of hockey karma going both ways. It's I mean, this is a game where yes, Hartman scores that goal. This is a different game. I'm not disputing that. I also look at this game where for everything you look at where Minnesota the could have could have, should have, would have. Yeah. There was also could have, should have, would have moments for Dallas too. So oh, absolutely. I, so I, I look at this as a, um, it was the stars were the better team for the whole series. They, they really elevated themselves in game five and six. And I thought tonight, what's the biggest thing we've talked about, Gavin, is will they get it done at five on five? Will they get yep. it done at five on five? And yep. Obviously you don't want them like, keep scoring power play goals. Obviously that's not something you're not saying not to score on the power play, but they went and they did, they did the thing at even strength. And I thought, um, the, uh, Rope Hintz's goal in the first period was, that was pretty, that was a, that was the kind of counter punch that this team has. If you don't watch the stars often, Right. Like if you don't watch the stars often and someone who is a uh who who's see watches this team casually or watches the NHL casually, you might look at the first period and think it was Minnesota dictating. But yeah, when you've watched the stars team enough to know that in general they kind of start the game that way quite yep. often. I mean, that's been the MO, honestly, for a decade almost. Whether you whether right or for better or worse, the Jamie Ben era of the Dallas Stars have always started games slow. Don't know why. It's just always been it's 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 been a thing. Yeah. And then they kind of weather it for a little bit and then they counterpunch. And that's what Hintz did. And what a great little play uh to set it up in the neutral zone by Sagan to get Hintz going. Um fitting that he absolutely sent John Klingberg into six different dimensions on the play. Yep. And just the type of thing where like you talk about a guy who's having a absolutely incredible playoff series and it starts the year is it's rope hints. And I, I love the way he's playing. I love the way that he has stepped up since Joe, Joe Pelsky has been hurt. We've talked about how you'd like to see more from Robertson, but the way rope hints has stepped up. And then we talk about, can they get the depth? Can they get the depth scoring yep. at, at, at five on five? And then they get it from, uh, each line kind of almost scores within its own identity, sort of, right? Like the Hintz line scores with uh, Rope coming in with, with speed and attacking, a nice yep. little one-two play with Tyler Sagan. Then Johnston scores to make it 2-0 on a on a play where um, the, the, the play of it actually is not... I wish... I haven't been able to find the right replay that I'd love to illustrate this for people, but um, the... Dadanov forcing the turnover and setting the pass is great. Wyatt Johnson's route on this play. And I, I really, I'm going to have to go back when I rewatch this game, I'm going to have to find, see if I can find a better replay of it. Wyatt Johnston, basically he is the one who it's a kind of a dump in chip in play where he's the one who 
is gives it the gives it the chip near the red line that sends it all the way in where Gustafson struggles with it. And then he basically takes the exact proper route to the to that spot. And it's one of those very little simple things that you talk about 19 year old kids hockey IQ, mm-hmm. right? Those things like I, I really I, I hope that when I go back through this or maybe I, can, I hope that in one of the other broadcasts maybe has the overhead because I'd love to see just the route that Johnston took because everything about it is perfect from the dump in the little chip and dump in to reading off dad and off's for check to the finish. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Uh, you love seeing and, and, and I wasn't worried about Johnston not scoring and going into the second round. That wasn't a worry, but it is nice to get number one out of the way, right? Like it's always what one of the always the biggest things is how do you get number one out of the sure. way, get the monkey off the back, do that. Like, so you got that done. The dad and off Johnston Ben line, like I love how they play with energy. I love how they do things. And then the big one, right? The yeah. big one, the one the killer like, with 0.3 made, seconds left. Yes. Yes. Mason Marchment from Max Domi. Um, now Matt Zuccarello missed the net at the other end of the ice with like yes. seven or eight seconds left. Yeah. Um, good, good, uh, good bounce off the boards. Yep. Domi with the nice pass. However, I will say if Brodine, I mean, and rightfully so, tried to break it up, but that breakup that tipped off his stick went right to Marchment. I think if that's clean and doesn't touch Brodine's stick, I don't know if Marchment's getting it clean. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you may probably but, not. I mean, I mean, regardless, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, furthermore, uh, terrific job by Marchman sheltering himself from the defender uh, to give himself a clean shot at the net and then just a nifty move to roof it with 0.3 seconds left. The calmness, once again, we talk about. And uh, yeah, that pretty much, I mean, just to score that goal and then walk in the locker room, I mean, that feeling must have been unreal in the room. Oh, and, and I I look at the goal. Um, that goal for Marchment reminded me of his uh, his actual first goal of his first goal of the season, all the way back in October. Sure. Um, there's a he has a he's not the fastest dude, right? Like he's got he's got he has some he has decent speed and everything like that. But there's one of the things that Marchment does i think he has a really deceptive nice deceptive release when he gets uh when he gets loose like that and it, it almost it's kind of like a little bit of a slap it's a wrist shot but it's kind of more of like a slap wrist shot i don't want to say slap shot because it's not the big wind up but basically essentially if you if you look at the uh on that play coming in the blade of the stick is so wide open where there's no, as a goalie from Gustafson's perspective on that, there's no clean read on where he's going to shoot in the way he's carrying that in. And now the real, the one thing that Gustafson probably needs to account for and, and should have done a little bit more is there's only a couple of places he can shoot. And with time coming down, he probably should have come out more aggressively. That's mm-hmm. something Gustafson probably should have done there. But aside from that, I love the way that Marchman sets up his shot when he gets the break like that because he sets up that little it's almost that little slap wrister where he can kind of almost with speed kind of almost chop it and that's kind of what he did there and he did that all the way back in uh that's like his first goal to stars with all the way against nashville back in october that's how he scored that goal so that was great and then obviously it was just kind of 
fun and almost comical at the end to see him and Domi both going out of their way to try to get the yeah. other one a goal in the empty net to make it. So that was pretty cool, too. Yeah, absolutely. And then the spits and suds chatter and potential prediction of seeing flurry in game six. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, can we take credit yeah. for that? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we willed it to happen, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was just, it was, it was so cool. And even toward the end, it's, I mean, that third goal certainly paid dividends, you know, um, and the wild, you know, I mean, like I said, backs up against the wall, obviously desperate times, you know, without a goalie, you got the extra skater on the ice, but you know, stars did a couple of, um, uh, nice things. Obviously first, the last three games, I think. They showed that they were the better squad. And last year, I remember saying that as the series went along, I'll be very candid, I felt as though Calgary was the better squad, and I think it showed as the series moved along. They were, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So, um, and I like how Minnesota changed their style to offset the Stars on the power play, and the Stars responded with better five-on-five play. So I, I just think for every adjustment that the Wild made, the Stars were there and countered that, and the Stars made some nice adjustments. I will say I keep going back and forth because I do want to see Colin Miller back, but I, it's awfully tough after winning three straight to remove yeah. Joel Hanley now from the lineup. Yeah, and Joel has Joel played well. He did. He also and and as I, I had it was funny. I saw someone disagreed with my view of this on on Twitter, but I also I look at Joel Hanley played eleven thirty eight tonight, right? Like if if you've got a defenseman playing eleven thirty eight, I'm not really worried about. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not overly worried about uh, about keeping him in the lineup. I like it. so for me, I'm still at the point where I would try to get Colin Miller back in because I think I think the ceiling Colin Miller provides yep. is higher than what Joel Henley provides. Now, if especially I mean, and maybe you say you go into series two with a fresh slate and whatever, and and uh and I, and I especially I think with against Seattle and we can talk more more about this and whenever we where we have a schedule we know who they'll actually play because Colorado's I believe Colorado's winning right now against Seattle yeah by the time four yeah. yeah by the time we're done with this yeah we'll, we'll probably we'll know. Be, we'll know that they'll, we'll know there'll be a game seven yep. coming up between Colorado and Seattle and either way you're going to be playing a much faster team in the second round whether it's Colorado or Seattle it doesn't matter. Both of them are much faster teams than Minnesota. And I want a better skating defenseman back there in Colin Miller, probably in that case. Now, that's nothing against what Joel Hanley did. If Colin Miller comes back for one game and looks awful, okay, put Joel Hanley back in and that's your that's that's your solution. But just that's that's how I would look at it. Um, you know you're going to have you have a natural break as a coach here where you're changing series, you're changing opponents. So you have a built-in quote unquote excuse to change the lineup and you're changing the lineup anyway, because in theory, Joe Pavelski will be ready for game one, considering he traveled for this one and, and, uh, and should have a And let's see. So they'll probably, the next round probably will start in about four or five days. Uh, four or five days from now. So he'll have some more time. So you're already changing the lineup and something else anyway. So you have a bunch of natural excuses and breaks to change the lineup before game one of the next round. 
It's a series-clinching playoff post-game edition of Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Gavin Spittle. He is Sean Shapiro. We are the objective podcast. I love that. <laughs> Someone tweeted out, it's like, what I like about you guys is your objective. You basically see it and say it. You know, you don't really have a cheerleader. I'm like, thanks. That's great. <laughs> and I say that to say, Sean, were your hockey eyes the same as mine tonight, where I am about to say the following. Thank you, Ryan Suter. Heck of a game tonight. Uh, he was w- good tonight. Wiley veteran. Uh, made some really key plays. You know, say what you will. His job was Kaprizov, Kaprizov, whatever we want to call him. <laughs> he was limited. Um, and I just thought, you know, we've been dogging him all year, and candidly, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And tonight, I just thought he shined, ate up a lot of minutes, and played very well for our Dallas Stars. Yeah, he... Uh... He was very good tonight. He was very good tonight. He uh, he had I got my notes here. There was the he had a pretty good. It was the the breakup of a chance in yeah where he came across the first. Stick. Yeah, yeah. Then he he had a couple other good reads on plays. Like he he was very good tonight. He was and he was objectively good over. I mean, this series he was objectively good. He did his job. Um, it'd be very interesting to, the. The reception he got in Minnesota was definitely a, a fun part, a fun, yeah. fun subplot of everything with his time spent there and everything. And um, no, he you got to give you got to give credit where it's due. Ryan Suter was was good this series. He did his job very well. And it's the great thing about playoff hockey, Gavin. One of the great great things about playoff hockey. There's no contracts. I mean, there's contracts, but. There's no salary cap. Yeah. What a guy's what a guy's making versus what a guy's not making or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's so much easier to just to, it's it's so much easier to isolate player from contract in the playoffs. It's just you can you can do that. And it's a really it's a nice reprieve because in the regular season it's hard not to look at the contract. It's hard not to do that. But you get to the postseason and everyone's paid the same, and it's you're like, yeah. He did a pretty damn good job this series. He he was he. I was honestly a little bit worried about him 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 and Heishkinen as as him kind of potentially not being able to keep pace and everything like that, and proved me wrong that way. And I I thought it would have been pretty funny if he had scored the empty netter at the end just to close it out because that would have been you would talk about a, a reception in Minnesota that would have been something. Yeah, it's pretty amazing when you look at the final stats of this series and Carrillo the thrill, Zuccarello and Boldy were basically ineffective throughout the whole series. I mean, I think Boldy got a lot of shots on net, but I mean these guys just could not put it in the back of the net. Boldy, yeah, like I don't even know, like. Boldy was really good to me throughout this series. I thought so too. Finish. He was <laughs> really good. Just couldn't finish. Um, there's a couple like, they, there's a couple like players in this series though, who had their, who just like kind of disappeared after the first, like for example, uh, Brock Faber. I thought he was good, yeah. but I thought the series, I thought he was good at the start of the series, but then kind of, Third, he reappeared in the third period tonight when Minnesota was trying to press in the third period. But yeah. like before that, was, he kind of disappeared after game he two-ish. Did. And yep. then... Um, Definitely even, think uh, Goudreau was good this series for them. 
He was good. Yeah, he was good. He's a good player. Now, the issue with Frederick Goudreau is he's... The issue with Frederick Goudreau is not a Frederick Goudreau issue. The Frederick Goudreau issue is he plays such a large role on the wild. Frederick Goudreau is the type of guy who, if you win a Stanley Cup, like Frederick Goudreau is that like third line center. Mm-hmm. The issue is he had to play... He had to play a top six center role for them. And that's, that's, that's above what he should be. And I think that's the issue with, with the, what's one of the biggest issues with the wild. I mean, they are a team who they knew the only way they were going to win this series was by drawing Dallas into the fight in other ways. And they may have gotten Dallas into it a little bit in the first four games, not even first three and a half games, maybe. And then just last two games, the stars just decided we're just faster. We're just going to skate around you. And I, it was the type of thing that is going to be a really good lesson of focusing on playing your own game and doing all of that because that's what you're going to have to do in the next round. I thought, Gavin, I thought tonight, the other one that I, the other one, and I mentioned him already, but I want to talk more about him just because he's going to, he has been Evgeny Dadanov has been yeah incredibly good and he had another great even the, the assist with he had the assist to Wyatt Johnson which we talked about already but just when the stars struggled this series when they kind of would get their game back on it would start with these little it would start with clean entries it would start with a winger taking the puck down curling back, allowing the the rest of the team group. And, and Dadanov was one of the star's best players at doing that, just bringing the puck into the zone, bringing, get, setting the table for other guys to get into the play. He was so good this series. And like, I remember I tweeted this during the game and like, he's a guy who I don't know what the long-term plan is, but he's someone who you talk about seizing opportunity, not just in Dallas, but in general for his career. We hear all about how weak this free agency class is. He's a free agent this summer. He's 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 doing himself a lot of favors right now. Yeah. Um it's uh I'm fascinated to see yeah. Sean. This is his third time playing for Pete DeBoer, Florida yep. and Vegas. Veteran player. I think he's 34. Yep. Um, will he say to himself, clearly my best years are when I'm with Pete DeBoer and I'm with Jamie Ben and Wyatt Johnston on the line, and clearly I'm playing great hockey. I, you know, I'm just fascinated if he'll take a discount to stay here or if it's just get the contract, like you said, in a week free agent class. I mean, that's a June conversation. However, oh, that's, that's, you know, yeah. I'm just watching him in the corners. Uh, I'm just, you know, just, just his spacing is tremendous. That whole line, it's just when they're on the ice, it, it's almost like – almost a mini version of the first line where you know that they can explode at any time and you just feel really good when that line's on the ice. Yeah. I, and it's, it's one where you you look at it as you're building for next year. You're like, okay, I want to keep this line together. I want Ben Johnston dead off together. I want, I have my top line. I know of already with a healthy, in theory, a healthy Pavelski coming back. And then you, you have this, you have it's it's a good group so i i really like with that like when when they when they traded for dad and off i i thought 
I, I thought it was a nice addition, but I didn't, th- I thought it was going to be nothing more than a short term thing. Um, now Domi obviously was much better tonight, but mm-hmm. he's, he's proven uh, if you're picking between him and Domi, you'd obviously pick Dadanov right yeah. now. So I, uh, he, he was good tonight. I really liked, I, I really liked the way, um, it was fitting because he was plus three tonight. It was I really liked the way Thomas Harley's growth went this series. I yep. liked the way he st- I liked the way he played the game. I liked the way he acted in transition. He almost had his first career goal back in game four when he had the little nice little zone entry from Ben and hit the post. Um, and I just love the way um so often we talk about and we talk about like one of the reasons Minnesota goes and gets a guy like Ryan Reeves is because they need somebody to stand up when the Matt Boldies and the Matt Zuccarellas of the world get pushed around. And I love the way that Thomas Harley kind of has that swagger about stepping up and being willing to get into that skirmish to be that physical presence when he doesn't, in, in a way that is appropriate for today's game. He could never be that. He's not that enforcer. Like, uh-huh. it, it, but in today's game, Thomas Harley does a really good job of doing that. There was uh he had a pretty good, there was a, I believe it was the second, second period. He had a pretty good clean hip check on Matt Dumba right after a zone entry. He was, I really liked seeing his growth to this tonight and uh, in, in this series. And it's, They've got they've got a good one in him, and he's gonna keep he's gonna keep keep growing too. I actually thought Yanni Hockenpah played his best game of the series tonight as well. Um, that's fair. Yeah, that that's fair. I mean, it's he was. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be for him. I thought Hockenpah Hockenpah took a real turn for me after Game Four, um, and he was. I, I yeah, I can't I can't disagree with that. I'd have to go. Th- I'd have yeah. to go look at side by side five or six for him. But he was yeah he was. He took a nice turn in this series, too. Um, so the best part, too, Sean, is Joe Pavelski gets more rest. Mm-hmm. And be interesting to see if he enters the lineup in game one. I'm I'm guessing it's just a question of if, if you're skating with the team. Granted, you're still wearing the blue sweater at practice. But if you're skating with the team, if you're traveling with the team, one would think that you're just steps away. Yeah, I, I believe he is. It's I think it's now it's a concussion. You want to make sure everything's right and everything like that. But I would think that the fact they put him on the team plane to me tells me he's real close. Um that and I would think that there's I would think especially with the extra time now, um because he will be Monday will be two weeks now since he left the the game game one and so if we assume game one of the next series is wednesday thursday just Mm -hmm. picking day picking days out of a hat obviously this is so contingent on what happens between colorado and seattle because the stars don't know if they're going on the road to start the series or if they're going home they're gonna start at home um i would imagine joe pavelski will be back in and he comes back and he adds to a strength that one of the things that I think if this stars team is going to go deep and one of the reasons they won this series and one of the reasons that the stars kill teams on faceoffs. And I know, 
I, I, I know there's other parts of the game and everything like that, but I, I truly believe that there is a, when it comes to this year's playoffs, when it comes to how tight things are, the micro details of the face-off circle are playing such a bigger role. And when you have the best team in the league at that right now, and you get back one of the best and you get back a center who won a pretty considerable percentage this year, the stars just become an even better matchup. And you know what? Seattle and Colorado are both bad at face-offs. They're yep. not good face-offs teams. So t- like, Surprisingly so. The Colorado so, Avalanche scored the last three goals in the game. They defeat the Seattle Kraken. Four to game one, seven. game seven on Sunday. You know, if I'm a Seattle fan too, I just look back at that one game suspension of McCarr and say, oh, you know, yeah. it could have been two at least. <laughs> you know, if, if that's it's, someone else in this league, that's probably a multi. You know, I just, I mean, granted, yeah. it probably was a late whistle. I, you know, I mean, I've watched it so many times and. The fact Michael Bunting got three games, like I, I know, like I just to me, I, to me that was a that was Kale McCarr getting superstar treatment on the suspension, and that's not where you want superstar treatment to come into play. I'm so I I, I didn't like that. I mean, now on the flip side, as a hockey fan, man, Gavin. On uh, on Sunday, we've got two game sevens back to back. We've got the best team, best regular season team in NHL history playing with its season on the line against Florida. Yep. Followed by the defending cup champions with their season on the line. Like, I mean, that's a that's an awesome game yeah. seven lineup for Sunday. Like, I don't think I'm moving from the couch. No, nah, so. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It is absolutely so. a, a, a beautiful thing. So for Stars fans, Sean, who are we rooting for? I'm going to say Seattle based on the way the stars matched up with them. And I know it's the regular season, Mm -hmm. but I thought the stars matched up with them very well this year. And I don't want to play a Stanley cup champion. Yeah. I, and I I look at, I I would definitely, if you could pick your opponent and that's a dangerous thing, right. But I would, you would definitely, uh, you would want to play Seattle just at the end of the day. It's plus I get the extra home game. Extra, 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 you get, you get home ice. Um, and then the other thing that, what did we see about this series, this Minnesota series that really was a difference maker? It was the center depth when Ryan Hartman is the number one center. And this is nothing against Matty Beneers. I think Matty Beneers is a tremendous, tremendous future superstar in this league, but it's the center depth Dallas against Colorado. They, they match up. They start to match up even with, even with uh, even if with Landeskog not playing this postseason, there is a uh, there's still Colorado still poses threats down the middle that Seattle does not. And I uh, so if you're picking your opponent, you're you're picking you're picking Seattle. Now they both pose their own challenges. They both pose different things. Um, they both have fun storylines attached to them. But give me uh, I I would pick Seattle. You once you also have the if it's Seattle, you once again you get that home ice, and it's it's something that you kind of you're working on your collision course, likely to play Vegas two rounds mm-hmm. from now, mm-hmm. and you want every advantage possible to get there, and you don't overlook Seattle, you don't overlook anyone, but at the end of the day, 
the goal is to win a Stanley Cup, and you have a better chance of winning a Stanley Cup if you play the Kraken as opposed to the Avalanche. And regardless, Stars fans, one thing Colorado and Seattle have in common, they are more toward the left coast. So therefore, these 8.30 starts slash 8.50 starts will continue, I'm sure. Uh, would be hopefully, uh, we'll definitely yeah, get the late will. game, right? Definitely be the late game, but hopefully the, the earlier late the, game, hopefully the Dallas start time is a little bit more friendly. Yeah. I mean, now the road, the road game, the road game, I got, I got no luck for you on that. The, 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 the road games in that series sure. are going to be, are going to be rough, but the, hopefully the game in Dallas sets up well enough where, because we'll be at the spot right now where we were at, you were at eight series, right? You do eight series, uh, uh, four across each. And so like night, like tonight you had two games, uh, TBS and, or like the national TV, right? There was games on TBS and TNT. So hopefully, hopefully <laughs> you get a setup, you get a setup where it can be, it could be something like, Hey, the East coast game could be starting at seven Eastern. And you know what? You could still on ESPN or whatever, and then you could start the West Coast game in Dallas at at seven Central, just on ESPN too. Like so, I, that's the dream. The dream is the hope. The dream is the hope that now that we have the now that there's no longer four games a night, that you get the benefit of the national TV schedule opening up a little bit and networks being like, hey, we want two prime time East Coast games. That's the dream. You're hoping TV producers are on your side. Absolutely. Well, we know for certain that you and I will continue to spend late nights together, my man. That's that. That's the other winning this game. We we get at least we get at least four more. Uh, yeah, we do. More post games. So. Yeah, yeah, we do. And we have a new mascot. Hashtag playoff cricket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's you, good. You, it's good. I mean, listen. A squirrel ran on to the field during the St. Louis Cardinals, and they went on you know, to World Series greatness. And, uh, you know, we've seen other things, uh, cat running on, and that's the mascot. So why not the playoff cricket? Yeah, so, very much so. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for the series clinching playoff post-game edition of Spits and Suds here on 105.3 The Fan. Really excited. You should be as well, Texas hockey slash Stars fans. You are advancing to the second round, regardless of who you play, Colorado or Seattle. It was a lot of fun watching this series, a lot of things to talk about. But in the end, the better team won. We have, I think we can agree that we have an elite goaltender, especially during the playoffs. Uh, Lots of, lots of positives. So this is great. Sean, Plug the book before we leave. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. If you're going to need some reading time over the next five yes, days you or whatever will. it is, right? You will. Like so. What a perfect time to uh, to go buy uh, the the book I wrote about the Texas Stars with Stephen Meserve, the Texas Stars who happened to win the first game of their playoff series with the Rockford Icehogs tonight. And a nice little uh, actually tonight, Gavin. Tonight was super fun across Dallas Stars landscape. Stars close out the Wild. Texas Stars beat the Rockford Ice Hogs in game one and the Idaho Steelheads in the ECHL won in overtime. So all three teams across the uh, the Dallas Stars uh, family of uh, affiliations won playoff games tonight. So pretty, pretty good Friday night. Uh, that being said, as I said, you're going to need a couple days to read something before the next NHL game. Uh, check it out. The books that we win here, um, we win here.com. Go pick it up. And man, 
Gavin, uh, get uh, get some coffee. Enjoy your weekend, and yeah. uh, continue to be kind to crickets, man. Man, this is uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. I have Sunday off. <laughs> this is going to be game uh, seven, kind of game seven, game seven, <laughs> game seven, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And game sevens are so cool. And from the from the first whistle to the end, it's just exciting hockey. And uh, I think Gary Bettman and the rest of the upper NHL officials in this league are smiling because they have themselves some, I mean, I'm just looking around the league, Sean, not to drag on this Mm -hmm. podcast, but I mean, it's tiring and we're only in the first round watching these series. I'm like, I cannot believe these guys have to continue going on these series. I mean, it is just, we really have not seen just an absolute blowout of his. I guess the closest would be Winnipeg, Vegas, and our old friend Rick Bonus had some choice words to say as well toward the end. Yeah. So, um, boy, yeah, that was that was really the only series that was never close. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the fact that man, I it's gonna be. Uh, Boston on Sunday. Man, if they, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting scene in that city. I'm sure. I'm sure you know yeah. this well. It's going to be a very interesting scene in that city. It's going to be. Uh, there, there's some nerves going. There's 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 some there's some there's some worry going on there. The president's trophy curse is living large in people's heads right now. So. Yeah. And I will end with this. Uh, one of our spits and suds fans is Nick Maroc. You might know him as the bang guy, the man who wears the white suit and used to bang on the glass and now holds up a sign because he's no longer allowed to bang the glass and he just holds the sign bang. Well, he had a terrific picture because he was being chirped by Minnesota Wild fans and he just put a picture of a suitcase. The suitcase was opened and the bang sign was in there and said, here I come. And tonight on TV, sitting about five to seven rows up, (laughs) <laughs> was our favorite bang guy and uh, got some national. Uh, I saw some national love where he was in the crowd and I saw him cheering and I uh, just wanted to shout him out because to me, that's what it's all about. You know, the chirping back and forth. And there certainly was a lot on Twitter and uh, kudos to Nick and all the rest of the stars fans, including my friend Jeff, who made the trip all the way up to Minnesota and uh, saw the stars victorious on the road. So I just think that's super cool. Um, and uh, really exciting. So, Sean, get some rest, and uh, we will talk to you early next week. Enjoy the Game 7s, my friend. Yes, and I will. I will. I'll be on the couch, and everyone else, uh, enjoy just some – some uh, just be able to watch good playoff hockey that doesn't uh, doesn't impact whether you're going to be watching your team again or not. So yeah. So good to enjoy it. The more the Stars win, the more we might see a Sean Shapiro-Gavin Spittle appearance together. People can dream. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a better dismount, dismount than the awkward dismount Luds would give yes. me if I said the same thing. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks for supporting Spits and Suds. And we're so excited to bring Spits and Suds with you as we enter round two of the NHL playoffs. We'll talk to you soon, everyone.